of the Christian church. The reading is from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like a rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They're filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be. God declares that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of God for the people of God. Ryan, come on up. I'm going to take just a moment to give Ryan a chance to take a deep breath, and uh, I'll do a little introduction as he walks to the, even though you've seen him seven times already today. Uh, Ryan Pratt is our director, of our youth ministry coordinator. He is also our, uh, our, our media ministries coordinator. Uh, he is also about to begin uh, his studies as a graduate student at Saginaw Valley State 
University. Uh, and here's what you need to know. Um, toss out the sermon series. Toss out the sermon title. We had a plan uh, at one point. Ryan and I had talked about a direction for this Sunday morning. Uh, and then I called him when I got home from annual conference last night. I said, how's it going? And he said, well... He said, it's going well, but not according to plan. Uh, and so uh, he told me what, he was, uh, what, uh, what it was on his heart to share this morning. And I said, okay, the Holy Spirit moved. We're going to toss out the title. We're going to toss out the series. Uh, we'll get back to that next week. But for now, this morning, uh, let's, hear, let's hear what the Holy Spirit wants us to hear. And I'm convinced uh, what the Holy Spirit today wants us to hear is what Ryan is prepared to tell you. Uh, so one more time, would you please help him out? Welcome, Ryan Pratt, back to the pulpit. Good morning again. Um, it's a privilege to be joining you this morning from the pulpit. The view is a little bit different from up here front and center than it is back in my office. <laughs> so um, when Jeremy asked me to speak this morning and the timing lining up so nicely with Graduate Sunday, I was happy to say yes. So let's start out with a bit of a story. And graduates, I want you to pay special attention today because this lines up with your guys' path exactly right now. When I graduated high school in 2017, I was in the exact same position that you three are in now. I went to Davison for high school, where life was pretty easy for the most part. I worked in the athletic office and played soccer. Um, I participated in the youth group here at Court Street and was gearing up to graduate just like you three are today. I participated in graduate Sunday celebrations, had my grad party, went to graduation, and started my last summer at home before college. I had already signed up for classes at SVSU and was singularly focused on having an enjoyable summer. So I went to summer camp at Lake Louise and had an incredible experience. I went on vacation with my friend's family um, in Lake George, New York and really enjoyed myself. And I was really comfortable in life. I was absolutely 100% sure of what my life was going to look like and what it would bring. I was very confident about my future. School at that point was an exciting prospect for me. And I had a lot of support in my corner, and I was genuinely excited and happy that summer. I was very confident about getting ready for school. I knew what classes I had to take. I knew beyond the shadow of a doubt that I was going to work in the criminal justice system, either as a police officer or a lawyer. And I already had met a professor in the criminal justice department and thought that we gelled really well, and I was ready to take her classes. These were all absolutes in my mind, completely cemented and locked in. Finally, move-in day came, which brought mixed emotions. I was really excited to get my setup going and moved into my own space, but I was also sad to be leaving my family for the first time, setting off on this new adventure called college. When I was where you were, I thought I had it all figured out. I thought college would be the same as my senior year of high school, cool and exciting, but times 10. So everyone can imagine that my life went exactly how I planned it, to a T, and it totally did for about four hours. <laughs> the first thing that surprised me was the loneliness. I realized after those four hours that I only had one friend, my roommate. I had a couple acquaintances that I knew, but very quickly the loneliness of living on my own set in. I was very nervous to try and make new friends, more than I thought I would be. And the only event that I tried for finding new friends was a couple church groups. Those ended up proving beneficial and were definitely a highlight of my college experience, but the friends didn't just automatically appear. It was a process. So to try and ease this pain and fear, I would call home one or two times every day for the first month of school. <laughs> I'm sure that probably got a little bit annoying, so I'm sorry. But 
Um, and I would just ask for updates. So I'd call at 10 and say, hey, what are you watching on TV? What's, uh, what's Grace up to tonight? And they're like, oh, same old, same old. So <laughs> um, the loneliness was something I'd never known before in my life and was definitely a big learning curve for me to go through. When I got further into my college career, I soon realized that criminal justice just didn't work for me. I was quickly falling out of love with the field and was left clueless on where to go next. This was a really scary feeling, especially considering how many classes and potentially how much money I was putting to waste. Eventually, I landed on majoring in social work. This decision was long and drawn out and very scary, to be quite frank. Making that change was vital to me finding success in school and finishing very well. When my major changed, my knee broke, dislocated for a second time, and it needed surgery this time, which was not welcome news. After surgery, I had to ride an, an, an Amigo around campus through the snow, which, as I'm sure you could guess, made me even more popular. This experience was an introvert's wor uh, worst nightmare. It was humiliating having, having everyone staring at me constantly as I traversed to class. Around the same time, the air in the dorms was really dry and ended up exposing a nose issue that I had. My nose was bent, and this issue caused me to have nosebleeds. Not just every once in a while, but every single day. These bloody noses lasted anywhere between 5 and 45 minutes, and I would just feel so defeated, as now I'm riding around campus with tissue jammed up my nose, a giant brace on my leg, and riding an Amigo through the good old Michigan slush. These nosebleeds led to me feeling even more self-conscious and to even more surgery. I went from these trials to trying to navigate life amidst a global pandemic. Obviously, no one could have expected COVID, but that dramatically changed my college experience as well. Having to move home during the year to finish my classes online for the first time. After finally getting good at going to classes and getting a lot better in the friend department, I had to say goodbye to everyone, pack up, and move back home. Um, as it just made the most sense for my situation. Learning online really stunk, and having Zoom classes wasn't the same. I know that our grads here can attest to that in every way. Um, over the course of my undergrad college experience, my life changed in countless ways, and with each twist and turn of the road, I was met with yet another unplanned change of plans and yet another unexpected hardship. At this point, I was riding the scooter around campus, and everyone staring, was staring at me as I bumped into doors and walls and tried to, to avoid running over toes. In that moment, I realized that I didn't have everything figured out and that I should stop trying to plan what was next. Picking up our Bible story from today, we're talking about Pentecost, which is super important and sometimes not talked about enough in the church. During Pentecost, Christians receive our closest contact that, with God that we could get after Jesus ascends. Pentecost is the moment when the world receives the Holy Spirit, and like I said, we receive our closest connection with God that's physically possible. The Holy Spirit is a direct link with God. So let's dive into the story. When the disciples started following Jesus, they thought they knew exactly how things would go, and that in the end they would rule earth with Jesus, being his right-hand men as he was king over the world. Boy, were they in for a surprise. Some things happened in the span of mere days that the disciples probably could have never guessed would happen, starting with losing a member. When Judas betrayed Jesus and left the disciples, that was their first major shock. Next, Jesus was arrested. Then he's persecuted. The disciples must have been stunned. 
What came next must have absolutely blown them away when Jesus was hung on the cross. They must have felt relieved when Jesus rose, rose from the dead, but that was short-lived when Jesus said, All right, I'm heading up to heaven. You guys hang out down here and just be patient for a little bit. The disciples were in for one more big surprise. In the moments when the disciples received, Jesus, received the Holy Spirit, they're gathered together in a room. All of a sudden, there was a great and violent wind that filled the entire house where they were. I would imagine that wind is similar to that of a tornado, and the Holy Spirit was laid on each of the disciples, which caused them to speak in languages and tongues that they'd never heard or learned before. This, you could probably imagine, caused quite a commotion in the surrounding area, and people from all over went to see what was going on. When the wind died down and the disciples came outside, the people in the area were very confused. They could not explain the events they'd just witnessed and heard. The quickest and easiest way to explain uh, what they'd seen and heard was to say that the disciples must have been drunk and had too much wine. Peter, one of the disciples, had to speak up about the confusion. He addressed the crowd and cleared up what was going on. First, he states the time, that these disciples couldn't possibly be drunk because it was only nine in the morning. Being that I've lived away at school, I can say quite positively that some people can manage to pull it off. I've heard quite a few stories. Secondly and foremost, he explained that God was pouring out his spirit on all people. He said that everyone would benefit from the spirit, young and old, and that everyone will prophesy. Lastly, Peter states that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Pentecost represents our receipt of the Holy Spirit, and with that comes a great gift, but also a great calling. Pentecost represents the birth of the church as we know it today. And we, just like the disciples were, are called to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. This is one important calling, but we'll get back to that again in a minute. Grads. I don't tell you about some of my life's biggest hardships to say that growing up is awful and that you should stay young forever. I certainly don't want to scare you. I just want you to be prepared that there's going to be a moment when you realize that you don't have everything figured out, your slushy amigo moment. The moment when the pieces of your life feel broken and that they're laying at your feet. When you reach that moment, you'll discover that God's building something greater and more beautiful than you could have ever imagined and that he's been the mastermind the entire time. Although I've faced challenges in the past few years, I've had the opportunity to grow into the man of God that I am today. Five years after standing in your exact place, I have a degree in social work, a field that I have immense passion for, and I'm better off. My undergrad experience, with all of its highs and lows, brought me closer to God. Sure, life has been hard, and in the last five years I've been subject to deep pain and hardships, but in those moments, God carried me through it. My family, friends, and church community have supported me, and above all else, my faith has uplifted me to rise above the strife and difficulties that life has thrown at me. Growth is a powerful thing. Just as I didn't expect to have health issues, experience loss, and change my life's entire trajectory during school, I didn't expect to be in a place or position to be up here preaching in front of you all today. There are infinite ways that God works and he works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose, as stated in Romans 8.28. Choose to bring God closer to your heart and watch the amazing ways in which he works in and through you. Now back to that important calling. I want to leave the graduates and everyone listening to this sermon with a bit of information and encouragement. 
The graduates here today and the disciples have something in common. They're both waiting for something. Power. The disciples in the Bible times realized or received a great power, and being that the power of that being the power of the Holy Spirit, which again is our direct link to God. You graduates are about to receive your power to exercise your will. You three are adults now and are going to be granted the power to make choices and decisions on your own. I have an important question for each of you. How is that power to be used? What is this power for? To answer this question, the power is to fulfill God's commands, to go out and make more disciples and grow the church. Everyone has a primary calling and a secondary calling. Our primary calling is to be rooted in Christ and to follow his will for your life. Our secondary calling is whatever profession we work and family that we have. Our primary calling needs to be our main focus in life. If our primary calling is our main focus, then everything else will fall into place. There's a powerful quote that says, one of the greatest tragedies of humankind is when a person gives first-rate allegiance to a second-rate cause. This ties into our calling. This quote explains the world as we see it around us, where people get caught up chasing money, their personal career and life goals that they invented before they follow God's purpose. Give your first-rate allegiance to the first-rate cause, which is to follow God and let him work in your life. You all have the power to assert your will and accomplish whatever you set your mind to, but you need to keep in mind who, then what. When you make God the captain of your ship, you can have faith that your secondary calling will fit in perfectly. You've received your power. Now go out. You have an incredible purpose to fulfill. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for speaking through me and allowing the congregation this morning to hear your words. I pray that our graduates would feel excited and ready for their next task, and that's going to school and accomplishing your will for their life. I thank you for the opportunity to speak, and we thank you again for the opportunity to hear your words. In your name we pray. Amen.